Hello and welcome to another InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krauss. I'm one of the co-founders here at InventRight. We guide, coach, and mentor inventors to license their products. The topic of this video is incredibly important. It's about the biggest mistakes that I see have seen inventors make over the last 21 years I've been doing InventRight, and I ran an inventors group for 14 years. The biggest mistakes. We're not going to go into all the little little details. Um, maybe I'll make another video about that in the future. But these are the, some really, really big mistakes. And the biggest mistake that inventors make is not knowing that licensing is an option. So licensing your product for royalties is licensing it to a big company, which you're basically renting or leasing the product to them because if they don't perform, you get it back. And it's going to be their money, so you don't need to raise money. It's going to be their workforce, and it's going to be their existing distribution. So you're tapping in all three of those things. So you just need to do a deal with the company, and then they pay you royalties every quarter, every three months for the products that you license to them. So a lot of people think like, well, if I'm going to do this, I need to make it and sell it myself. And we just refer to that as venturing. And so if they think that's their only path, wow, they're not really seeing the two paths. And it's a perfectly legitimate path to go down. I don't find it's right for most inventors in that you need to raise huge amounts of money. Retailers don't really take one product companies very seriously. But when you license your product to a big company, then you are that big company and they take that big company seriously. But if you start your own business, try to sell it to them, you need a lot of money to do that, guys. You're not starting that for $50,000. There's no way, um, at least not in any scalable or large way of any kind. So you need a huge amount of money, hundreds of thousands just to barely get started with most products. And then people usually run out of money even there too. So the, the path to start your own business is perfectly legit. If you're excited about running a business, then it's great. If you want to have employees, create a company culture, and then expand into a product line, because retailers will not keep you on the books very long if you only have one product. They just won't. And so licensing is a better option. But the big mistake inventors make is not to at least see these two paths in front of them. There are people that venturing is right for. And most people that I talk to are licensing is a better match for them. So, But you need to know about that option. So the other mis big mistakes that I see people make that – so let's assume now – that you know that licensing is an option. Um, or sometimes people don't, but they still make a lot of these same mistakes. So the big assumption is that you need a patent and a prototype. And one of the things myself and our other co-founder, Stephen Key, talks about a lot is you're not selling your patent, you're not selling your prototype, you're selling the benefit of your product. You want to do a marketing piece that you're going to send to this company, and you're going to show them how they're going to sell it. So who said you needed a patent or a prototype? And nobody's really told you this. Well, if you go to an attorney, a patent attorney, of course you're going to, yeah, of course you need a patent. It's like, no, you don't. And you don't even know if there's any interest yet. So to go out and spend 10 grand on a patent is just absolute craziness. Now, I know a lot of you have already done that, and that's fine. Um, it's, it's not fine in the long run. It's already done, and that's an asset. Just try to license it. But if you don't license it, you're out a lot of money. So it's a lot better. We give our students some software um, to file a provisional patent, and that only costs $75, and it gives you a whole year to see if there's any interest. So to run out and think you need a patent, and then the other, and, and get a patent, is, is not necessary. So that's a big mistake, and people think it is necessary. And some people even go really far, 
I don't want too many people to do that, but I see some people like, oh, I have to wait till it's issued. Are you freaking kidding me? To sit around waiting one to three years for a patent issue and then try to license it? Product might not even be relevant anymore at that point. So a lot of misperceptions there. I think some of those are perpetrated by patent attorneys or just inventors really just think like, oh, I need a patent in order to sell my idea. And you don't. A provisional patent and being able to say patent pending is perfectly fine. Then you can, we show our students all the time how to get the company to give you the money to then pay to upgrade that provisional patent application to a full patent. So the other big misperception is that you need a prototype. That's just not true. Uh, our students, 75% of our students will do a virtual prototype. We do it for them. And if you're on your own, there's places you can find to do that. And don't spend a ton of money on it. You don't need to spend huge amounts of money on that. There are people that will charge you huge amounts of money for that. It's not necessary. And you don't, you don't need this production-ready physical prototype. Quite often, it's pretty obvious how this thing's going to be made. You're selling them the benefit with a marketing piece. So I've never, ever had a student of ours in 21 years. We've had students in 65 countries that said, oh, I approached this company myself. I had a virtual prototype there. And they were like all mad at me because they said, oh, you don't have a prototype? Well, screw this. You know, I'm out of here. Like, they won't do that. So you can work with them. Well, there's similar products out there. And I just changed this. They're like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah, we get that. That could be done. Or let's say they want to see something more. Then they can put it on you to do it if, if they don't want to do it. But quite often you can get them to figure a few things out and you can work with them. But, um, and if not, hey, fine, at least I know they're interested. But even then, I would qualify them. I would talk to them about their, their company, what their plans are for the product before you go out and spend money on a prototype or even do one on your own. Um, so this big perception that you need a patent and a prototype in order to license a product or work on your invention at all is just completely false. These are some really big um, misperceptions that inventors have, and these are some of the biggest. Um, the other misperception is that companies would never listen to you, and that's just not true, or that you need some sort of track record. They don't care. There's no difference between you and an inventor that's licensed 20 products. It's all about what you're showing them. As long as you're professional and you have a nice sell sheet and you're not saying crazy stuff via email and you're easy enough to talk to, they just care about what you're showing them right now. So companies will listen to you, and you can, we teach our students to reach out to companies on LinkedIn, especially people that are a little more timid about making those phone calls. Starting on LinkedIn is great, but some of them you'll never get on LinkedIn. You need to pick up the stupid phone, and you need to call them. It's not scary, guys. Anybody can do it. And the other thing that people think is like, oh, I need a name. I need to know, like, I'll call Bob here and sell garbage if they're in a major retailer where you want to be you can reach out to them is easier than ever 21 years ago when we started event right some of our students were still faxing they were mailing stuff and faxing stuff if they wanted to be lazy they were faxing and stuff and so that you it's so easy now with linkedin and you can reach people on the phone you can reach people via email we teach all these techniques so this perception that companies won't listen to you or you need to be special or something like that. You are special. You're creative. And these big companies quite often aren't. So you do have something special, but you don't need to show your history of what you've done. Literally, I've only had one inventor ever where a company said, what's your portfolio? Let's see what you've done in the past. Like that never freaking happens. Okay. So don't be worried about that. Um, the other big, big misperception when you're licensing is Inventors will find two or three companies. They think that's good. Hell no. You've got to have 20 or 30 companies. And yeah, there's some products. Okay, you only have eight or 12, and that's fine. 
But are we teach our students to strive for 20 or 30 companies? Two or three is not enough. That is a big, big mistake. You will not have any success doing that. And usually it's the biggest two or three right in front of their face. It's very obvious. Um, the other thing that, you know, that I'm just going to say is thinking that you will license every product you work on. So if you have that perception, then you're like spending 10 grand on a patent and five grand on a prototype. And what if you don't license it? How many times are you going to do that? But if you use the invent right approach, spending 75 bucks on a provisional patent, a few bucks on a virtual prototype and a sell sheet, and you're in it sometimes for less than 300 bucks, like you can do this forever. You know, so this perception that you're going to license everything you work on. It's just, it's not going to happen, guys. Nobody licenses every product they work on. But you know what? You could even get 30 no's. And this is one of the things we teach our students these days. And you're like, I just got these non-specific no's. And I'm like, yeah, just put it on the shelf, not the garbage can. Reach out to all those same companies, maybe some new ones, like eight, 10 months later. And quite often you'll get a marketing manager that before they said no, because they were busy, but now you got them. And just two weeks earlier, their boss said, we need new products. And now they're looking at a product. This is the same company that said no before. So if you really believe in the product, don't give up on it. But you need to move on to other products as well and then reach back out and just send all the same companies, maybe some new ones too, because people will change. Um, so in thinking that companies will not listen to you, they will absolutely listen to you. But you need to reach out multiple times. Some companies you get a hold of them the first time. Other time you reached out to them four, five, six times and then they finally responded. And that is normal. And most inventors do not, almost no inventors do that. All our students do that. And that's why you see our students licensing stuff all the time. So these were some of the biggest mistakes that inventors make. Uh, I could make a, another video if you guys are interested on like little mistakes or little things, because I think it's so helpful for a new inventor to understand and avoid making these mistakes. You know, an invent right, I think we scare the crap out of some people because we just remove all the roadblocks. And now it's like, and, and I don't think people have excuses. I think they just have worries. But when you remove all these worries, they're like, oh, now I've got to take some action here. And that's a great thing. If we can help you out that way, we're here. So I remind everybody to take care, keep inventing, and we'll catch up with you guys next time. See ya. Bye.